We are going to come back together. Like I said, we're going to do something a little bit different today. So if you have your phones with you, go ahead and scan that QR code in front of you. And on that QR code, once you scan it, you're going to just scroll down just a little bit. You probably see the unity prayer. That's the first thing that should pop up. Am I correct? And then there's a little document just down there, and it says, Intro to New Abbey. Welcome to school this morning. This is great. This is good. We worked hard on this. Some of you have already gone through this class before, but we decided, hey, this is what we want to do with as many people in our church as possible, just so we can get clarity on who we are. And so I just want to go through some things this morning that give you a better insight into our community. Our mission statement here is a Jesus community telling a bigger story of God. I believe that with all of who I am, that we, at the end of the day, are following a way of Jesus that I want to work for your life, and that we are a community of people doing that with one another. Also, 10 years ago when we started New Abbey, I was a part of a church that was a pretty moderate church. It was a bigger place. It was pretty homogeneously white. And, uh, you know, it was just a thing. And I remember thinking there, man, this is a pretty good place. But sometimes in the world of church, there's questions that I have. There's things that I long for. There's parts of me, even as a pastor, that I don't get to fully talk about. There's other parts of me in my struggles, in my figuring it out, in my wondering, in my doubting that I don't get to fully talk about. What would it look like to create a community where all of myself could be present? And then I thought, man, not just am I thinking this, and I'm a pastor and church was actually working quite well for me, but I thought about a lot of other people in my life who they couldn't tell a huge part of their stories. That they were told that somehow that they were bad or that they were evil or that there was something wrong with them or we create a world where we're like, Grace, God is good for you, but you did what? <laughs> and it just doesn't create the environment of what we're looking for. So uh, New Abbey, how it started is simply that, is that we uh, started the church 10 years ago. Me and my wife with six couples in my apartment in Pasadena. It was a real mega church. It was a good time. <laughs> and I'm thankful for all of those people who were crazy enough to come along the ride who we just had all of these stories about what we wanted. We had no idea what we're doing. And actually, like, like just saying that out loud and looking around this room. And I could never have imagined 10 years ago that so many of you who I just love so dearly would be here, that you brought the fullest part of yourselves, that, man, just a, a couple crazy people sitting in an apartment 10 years ago in Pasadena, I would have never dreamed of all that this was. And yet, this is exactly what we hoped for. I had this buddy named Robbie. And uh, he was a small little Italian dude, and he lives uh, in, in a part of Pasadena where pretty much all of his neighbors are African-American. I'll tell you the story for a reason. And he would bring all of his, these young men who he was a mentor to, to the church that I used to work at. And I already told you, the church I used to work at, pretty white, pretty like middle-aged, pretty moderate. And so he'd bring all these young men, and none of the young men stuck for obvious reasons. It just didn't feel comfortable for them. They couldn't see themselves in the community. And after about 20 different guys came to church, I remember asking one guy, and he's like 6'5", 2'10", 19 years old. He's black in a sea of white people. 
right? How was your experience today? And he just was so thoughtful, and he changed my life that day. And he said, everyone here was really nice to me. And I'm sure that if I came long enough, someone would eventually invite me to lunch. He's like, you know, man, no one here would ever let me date their daughter. And I remember just thinking, like, what is that? That's the thing that we're going to go after. In the world of church, we use all of this big language like missional and reconciliation and kingdom and we're going after our city or whatever the language is. But I'm like, but if we can do that, if we can just so honestly see one another as human beings that we can give the most intimate aspects of ourselves to one another, that's the thing that I want to go create. We didn't have any kids at the time, but we were thinking about having kids. And I said, that's the kind of world that I want my kids growing up in. And what I love about that, and we did it, by the way, we left the thing that was a great thing, and we started New Abbey, and now I have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old and a 6-year-old, and the thing that inspires me every day is that they look around and they know you. They just see your stories and your life and what you bring, and their view of humanity and their view of Los Angeles, their view of God is so robust. Not because they have to be convinced of it or need an apologetics class on it, but because you simply show up. And so who is Jesus? Look around, my friends. It was a dream, and it became a reality. I'm so grateful for what this place is and what we're creating with one another. I'm grateful for the legacy that is happening. I'm looking at Sammy and Chelsea right here. I'm just going to be weepy all day, so just bear with me. It just feels that way. I think about being at Pride Parade together. I think about my son just standing there, and he sees a church across the street telling everybody that they're going to burn. And my son being like, how? How could they be talking about God? And that my kid just looks out at the mass of people that came from New Abbey with them and all the people coming through the pride parade and that our love was bigger than that hate. And that it's not talk, but you just, you live it. My kids aren't asking questions like the questions that we ask when we grow up. Well, who's gay and who's straight and who's that? Who's Sammy? Who's Chelsea and Katie Brixton's moms? Oh my God, tell me about Jaime and Matthew. Man, it's just your lives that are changing and transforming with our kids just because you show up. And I'm so incredibly proud of you, New Abby. And I want to get even clearer on who we are so we can continue to build this beautiful thing with one another. i got to go faster. We're going to be here all afternoon. <laughs> what does New Abby mean? An abbey was a Christian faith community where people lived together by agreed upon covenant. By the way, I never read notes, so you know this is like, I hate this. So let's just do this with one another. <laughs> Abbey was a fancy word where people who were committed, and that's the key word, committed, to live out a way of Jesus together in practical ways. And we want to continue this community of faith by holding on to the best of Christian tradition and while letting go of what's not helpful. Also, we are open to taking on the good in other traditions while saying committed to a way of Christ. In other words, we're a new Abbey. Let me just say it this way. There's so much good in Christian tradition. There's so much beauty out there that's so much bigger and more robust than probably what you were told as an American Christian of what Jesus is and what Christian tradition is. I remember a few years back, someone said to me, man, New Abbey's really pushing some boundaries. Aren't you scared that you're going too far? And I said, there's never been a door here that we've opened that someone wasn't already opening before. That when you look back at Christian tradition, you're like, the Celtics were talking about that in the third century? That's incredible. They didn't teach me that at Calvary Chapel. What a surprise. <laughs> it's just a big house. A big, big house. With lots and lots of room. Big, big. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's, uh, it's there. 
you know, it's good. But why we, where we play football, it's weird. What a weird. Uh, that really distracted me thinking about that. But. <laughs> the other thing that I love is there's, we're just going to let some things go. Many of us grew up in tra traditions where we were scared to let things go. You were taught just to fight for the thing. Fight for what's in the box and know everything in the box. But then sometimes our lives didn't fit in the box and we had no choice. And what are we going to do now? If I don't fit in here and they're telling me if I don't fit in here, then something's wrong with me. I might even go to hell. Then what place do I have in this world? And what we're doing in this place all the time and saying, that is not a real narrative. The story of Jesus, the story of scripture is that you can literally not put God in a box. And every time we try to put God in a box, God wants to break out of that box. So it's not that God needs to be there. It's that we've put God there, and God has a bigger story for us. The beauty of it is that in other traditions, there's lots of wisdom. If it's good and if it's wisdom, it's God's, and we will borrow that. If it is hateful and not helpful, we'll say goodbye to it. Sayonara, no thank you, we don't need it. And we're practicing that as a community, trying to listen to what's good out there, but while honoring the Christian tradition and faith that we're a part of. Uh, what's with conversation on Sundays? New Abbey began by centering ourselves around conversation. We've always trusted that God was speaking and working in each of our lives, not just the pastors. Conversations time became the heart of our Sunday gatherings because we believe that people are the actual body of Christ. And though the sermon, music, and communion should all lead us back to conversations with one another. I hope that you understand that when you come to New Abbey, we just don't have conversations. I don't just make these awkward questions for you to start off with, although I love it to see people squirm. Uh, <laughs> It's really an opportunity for the belief of everything that we're doing is leading us back to our experience. That God wants to work through us. Many of us were, grew up in faith traditions where we spent all of our time fighting for the faith tradition, even if that tradition was a detriment to us. As Jesus says, right, you were not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. And so Jesus is always reorienting us towards a faith that actually works for us and makes a difference. So here's the deal. What do we believe? And this is one of my favorite things. We stole all of this from Richard Rohr, by the way, so if you want to know where it's at, we just summarized it for you. Like nine books later, you're welcome. Cliff notes. <laughs> a lot of our beliefs at New Abbey can be understood through the analogy of a tricycle. We believe Christian tradition and scripture are like the back wheels of a tricycle providing structure, balance, and stability. The front wheel is your experience, which is your unique perspective and journey in life. Your experience is what guides you and allows you to interpret the world while the back wheels ground you. So let's take a look at those back wheels. For those of you coming from the Protestant traditions and evangelicalism, who is out there? Kirk Cameron, friends, love it. <laughs> you probably learned that the Bible was everything. At New Abbey, we believe the Bible is scripture and important, and we also recognize it has to be interpreted. And we'll talk about how it has to be interpreted. For those of you coming from Catholicism or Orthodoxy, any of my Catholicism friends out there? Hail Mary, Mother of God, let's go. We believe both the Bible and tradition are important, but in the end, God is more interested in you growing in the likeness of Christ. Simply put, the healthiest version of you possible. The Bible and tradition are meant to serve you in your growth. You are not meant to serve the Bible and your tradition. That is wild for where some of you may come from. You were taught that you are here to serve the Bible or your tradition, again, to your detriment. That is not what we believe about Jesus. How do I know that? Jesus, in his greatest teachings, constantly comes to the people of faith and he says to them, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Where did they hear it said? In the scriptures and in traditions. But anytime those scriptures and traditions were hurting people, Jesus would say, stop doing that. If that's not working for you, stop doing it. There is not a God out there who is playing games with you. 
There is not a God out there who's just giving you a litmus test to see if you cannot eat shellfish. That's a weird God. There's a God out there who wants to liberate you and free you and show you a better way to live as a human being. And you have to be mature enough to listen and filter that yourself. And we want to do that work with one another. The front wheel. When it comes to your experience, we believe in unity over uniformity. The single core value is why we say our unity prayer and we say it at the beginning of every Sunday gathering. We believe that your experience is everything. When you look around this room, imagine that each of you is just a little carrot and a diamond. And that as light kind of gets filtered through you, you just shine something beautiful in a different way than your neighbor can. And that's gorgeous to me. That we get that experience and perspective from one another. That so many of us grew up in the world where there is a Bible answer man, generally man, right? A lot of times looks like me, to be honest. Who is telling you that they are the authority for your life. That they have the interpretation for scripture. That is terrifying. You are the authority for your life. The Holy Spirit is in you. You are the temple of God. You are the body of Christ. This is not a story of perfection. This is a story of progress and doing it with one another. You do not hold all of the narrative on your own. On your own. You will need other people in this narrative as well. Your experience is everything. And that is not terrifying. There is a God out there who can handle and hold all of that. And that is good news. That is also radically different than many of us, what we were grown up with and given as a story about who we are, what it means to be human, and what God is doing. There is not a megalomaniac, narcissistic, pathological God out there who cannot handle when you say the Lord's name in vain. There is a God out there who can hold all of the complexity of the stars and of the universe and of billions of planets. And this God can handle all of your complexity as well and in fact celebrates it. And that's a gift, my friends. It's a different way of seeing things. In addition to the tricycle, here are some of our most core beliefs at New Abbey. Pretty robust, so hold on here. Uh, you were made in the image of God. Man, I, we say it all the time that sometimes it becomes white noise in my head. Sit with this for like a month. Like, write it down. I'm just made in the image of God. That the more you sit with that thing to think that there's a divine out there and that this divine breathes life into the entire universe and that you are good because of the divine. And when you can start to see yourself in that way, when you begin to start to see the truth of all of who you are, when all of the other shadows and the lies of what you told that you are not begin to be washed away, when you can begin to accept that you are accepted, know that you are loved, be open to grace in a new way, then here's the radical thing that will eventually happen there. Then you will begin to see, if I'm made in this image, then you're made in this image. And I think that honestly transforms the world. And eventually we'll do the most radical thing again that Jesus ever asks of us. Donald Trump. It's made in the image of God. For me, that's somebody who it's hard, hard to see. And I think what we move towards at New Abbey is maybe it doesn't always represent the likeness, but I want a God who can constantly uncover and recover all of the humanity in every single human being where all things can be reconciled, as Colossians 1 says. There's a bigger story out there of what God is doing. God is good. Amen. All the time. I love that. You are good, and creation is good. 
And if all those things are true, I think we're just gonna have a different relationship with those things, including we don't kill some things. We don't kill our world. We don't kill one another. And what I love about Jesus is Jesus says, hey, I know you're all on the same page about let's not kill some people. You ever thought about your words? Because your words are just the beginning of that pathway. I know what you said about them. I know what you're saying about yourself. It's a pathway to death. And Jesus is always pushing us towards a bigger story of you're already killing their image by what you're saying about them. Jesus is challenging the system, our internal narratives, the limiting voices, the whole thing. And we get to be along for the journey and offer a bigger story of what that means. God is loved, you are loved, and all people are loved, even our enemies. That is radical, difficult, and will take a lifetime to figure out. To be Christian is to see Christ in everyone and everything. To be Christian is not your ability to say a particular prayer at a Billy Graham event. I'm not mocking that thing. I'm saying that's not what it means. To be Christian is your ability to see Christ in everything. This universal Christ that gives the entire universe life when you can see Christ. Oh, I see Christ there. Oh, I see Christ there. Lane, I see Christ in you. That every single time that my little girl walks up, you say, hey, Bella. And that she gets to see Christ in you and you see Christ in her. And that's the magic that we get with one another. That's the gift of this place. And if we can practice that here, then man, you might even make it through Thanksgiving dinner this year. (laughs) We keep maturing to see God even in the things that we think are God forsaken. God is not here or there. God is everywhere and always. The worst of religion tries to tell you that they have control on where God gets to be. And the best of our faith says God is already everywhere. You don't have to invite God into anything because God has been there the whole time. Even in that, even in my story over there, even in them, yes, even there. And you may not see it, but the good news is that God can. And that God can show us something bigger about what it means to be human and who God is in this world. It's good stuff. Let's get a little more specific. We believe that the good news is actually good news. You may have heard this story, sounds a little bit like this, that actually sounded more like bad news, that you are a depraved sinner that God needs to rescue. Raise your hand if that was your story. That, my friends, is, comes from evangelicalism, which is like maybe 150 years old. I like to make a joke. If the Cubs are older than your religion, rethink some things. <laughs> that then comes from a very particular form of Calvinism, in which Calvin, to be honest, read some of his stuff, probably had some mommy issues and could have used a therapist. (laughs) There are good things that Calvin did, but there are also bad things that told the world you are depraved and something is wrong with you. And And here's always the messed up thing about the church, but we have an answer for that and we can control how you get good. And God is always taking that power from people. No, you're good. That doesn't mean that there's not pain. That doesn't mean that there's not hurt. That doesn't mean that you don't make bad choices sometimes, but you are inherently good. And if anyone ever wants to like debate that with me, of like, well, Calvin said this. The Bible starts with this. It is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. You are very good. So go read your Bible. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> but the story actually tells us the good news that you are already loved by God and made in the image of God. The invitation to follow the way of Jesus is that we might have life and life to the fullest and grow in the likeness of God. That's harder. In other words, God wants our life to work for us, for others, and to be filled with goodness. At the end of the day, the thing that I believe most about Jesus is that Jesus was a pragmatist. Jesus practically wanted life to work for people. He was not some conceptual theologian who was telling people about ideas of God. 
if he knew that life was not working for you or that your beliefs were making life not work for other people, he said, hey, instead of reading a few books on it, come with me to Samaria a second. Oh, you know all these people over here that you said aren't quite human beings? Let's have a dinner with them. Oh, you think that these people are less than you somehow? Or you think that this woman, she made some choices that you didn't make? Well, if you think you're so much better than her, go ahead and take the stone and cast it at her if you ain't got nothing going on in your life. Oh, you think the man over here possessed by some demons, a legion of them, that he's not worth being in society? Then I'll cast all of those legions out and I'll bring liberation into his life so that you can see liberation can come into your life as well. Let me show you some things that might work for you. Let me show you a different reality and a different kingdom and a different perspective that is not for a few, but is for all. Jesus is good at this stuff. And that's what we want to practice here at New Abbey. All right, here's a fun one. Well, what about sin? Everyone was wondering. You're welcome. We're going to talk about it. I think words like sin are still incredibly helpful when refined and reclaimed. And here's a, here's a good one, so let's get into this. We do not believe in original sin and that humanity is doomed to the choices of Adam and Eve. Well, thank you, William. Fun story. I get it. But if you want me to do like a quick biblical dive... That is not the story of Adam and Eve. The story of Adam and Eve was created by a bunch of Israelites who were in exile in Babylon, and they were trying to figure out how do they make sense of God that they no longer live in the promised land. So they tell a story to their people that remind them of what it's like to be back in the garden and to have a relationship with God. It's not a story of original sin. It's a reminder for the people of God to live in relationship with God in a different way. We have taken the Bible so literally that we have not taken it seriously. And so we are growing as people who've just got more information and access to Google where we don't have to allow a story of belly buttonless people. Just imagine. Don't belly buttons. How would they have it? Ken and Barbie dolls. You got me. Okay. <laughs> that somehow they made a choice and that your life is now predetermined and that this God is sickened by you until you say a magical prayer. And here's another story that I love for people. If that was the story, if that was really what the Bible was concerned about, how come the Old Testament will never mention that story again? Oh, that's interesting. You would think if it's the thing that we're all worried about, that it would mention it again and again and again. No, it's like The Hobbit. It's just the precursor to The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> The Lord of the Rings is, there's a God out there who liberates. And this God does something revolutionary in the world that no other God has done before. This God is not for Pharaoh and for the emperors. This God is not for those who oppress. This God is for those who have been hurt. This is God is for the God who, those that have been in slavery, who have been in bondage, which is a great metaphor for life. That this God is here to liberate all, not just to be accessible to the elite. And then what this God does is says, now that I have freed you from Egypt and Pharaoh, now I want to go show you a better way to live. And it's a messy process and progress of the Israelites learning to live. And Jesus picks up where that story leaves off. It is not a story about Adam and Eve and God rescuing you. It is a story about God reclaiming that you are good and reminding you of what has always been true. Those are very different launching points, and they will have very different trajectories and destinations. That's not heaven or hell, by the way, so just relax. <laughs> we do believe sin is real when we understand it as the palpable disruption of shalom, which, by the way, is how the rabbis would have understood what sin is. And I just want to remind you this. Rabbis were Jewish, so Jesus was 
Jewish. Yes, so we're trying to understand sin, how Jesus understood sin, which is not, can you be perfect and if you've never done anything, then this holy God cannot look upon you. No, Jesus understood holiness as otherness. Otherness saying there's the divine out there and this divine is so incredible that it holds all things and yet we can't even like touch this thing. It is beyond us and yet right in front of us. That's what this thing is. This God is not angry at you all the time. This God wants your wholeness more than anything. And when you disrupt the wholeness of the world, there's hurt and pain that is caused. Jesus is very aware of that. And Jesus tries to give us practical ways to live through that and to be freed from that type of bondage, but not like an original sin, Adam and Eve did something and now you're screwed. It's more of like, hey, how do you grow up? And that's a way more interesting way of living. More simply said, hurt people hurt people. That's what we think sin is around here. Don't worry about Adam and Eve. When you're hurt in your life, sometimes what do you do when you cope? You hurt other people. When you're going through your insecurities, your addictions, your pains, your figuring it out, you know what else we do? This is all in the stories, we scapegoat. It's the story of Jesus. Ah, I can't deal with my own stuff. Yep, let's put it all on him. Those are the stories. These are the stories of growing up that Jesus offers for us. And he offers a different way of looking at humanity. As humans, we are hardwired to keep ourselves safe. And as we grow and mature, we keep ourselves safe by caring for ourselves. When we are immature, we protect ourselves by coping. I'm gonna do a quick one on this. Fight, fight flight, freeze, or fawn. When a saber-toothed tiger is coming at you, you do one of those things. I fight, great at it, that's how I cope. Some of you do different things in this world. There's not a lot of saber-toothed tigers coming at you, but when you get that phone call from your mom, you go into a thing. When that message on Instagram happens, you go into a thing. When that pain point from a childhood, that memory swells up again, you go into a thing. When you get triggered, you go into a thing. That's just how you react as a human being, not because you're bad or evil, because you're trying to care for yourself. That's all you're trying to do. And you may not yet have the skills to appropriately care for yourself, so you cope. Because that coping makes you feel safe. And many of us cope in lots of different ways. That doesn't make you evil. It's a story about maturing and growing up. And God understands this, that we're just trying to care for ourselves, but we don't always have the tools to do that. And so we follow this way of Jesus so that we have better tools. Jesus came to show us a way to care for ourselves in the world and to move away from coping and hurting ourselves and others. A couple more things, and we're going to move on to some stuff. Our posture, sacred and ridiculous. We want to hold the sacred and ridiculous. We have a morning where we talk about our beliefs in Jesus and practical ways to do it, and we have improv. That's who New Abbey is. If you can't handle a little laughter, probably not the place for you. Truly, it's not. How we do things around here is we want to hold both reverence and irreverence. It's just what we do in this place. And we get to bring our full selves because of that. And I love that about this place. And I've just had to grow up over the last couple of years and be like, yeah. And if people don't like that, totally okay. That's just the tacos we make. <laughs> and because those are the tacos we make, I think it's a really good thing. Right? And I think it's something special about this place. Meaning we are serious, thoughtful, open to reclaiming the holy, and we joke. We are silly and not scared to push boundaries. There's been so much freedom in this place because we've been willing to push boundaries with one another. And that is what's made this place special, and it's something that we're going to continue to do. We can be more mature about it, and we can grow up about it, but also let's have a good time. We're willing to be both reverent and irreverent. The goal of your spiritual life is not to become a better person, but to become a whole person. Bringing everything into the light from the sacred to the ridiculous. 
The invitation is not to be a divided person. The word integrity means you are integrated at every aspect of your life. And if you cannot be honest about your life because you don't have the freedom to be both sacred and ridiculous, then there will things that will be hid. Or you'll learn what I learned in church. I can be this person in church, and then I'm this person over here. I remember being a young pastor, and my pastor told, found out that I was having a beer at a Mexican restaurant one day, and he said, it's okay if you have beer, but just not in public. What a weird message that we're giving to people. You can be this person over here and another person over here. How about not? How about you just make the choice of who do I want to be in all things? That's way harder. And I can be open and gracious to who you are in that. And I can be open and gracious to what you're not good at in that. But we're always going to strive for integration in our lives. The invitation is to not be a divided person. All aspects of human life are welcomed in the conversation at New Abbey. So we hope you will connect with the divine in fresh ways, rediscover and reclaim the sacred, and we hope you are shocked that people could say that in church. And I know that you've been there. And it's brought freedom in this place. I never thought we would talk about that in church. Never thought that thing could come up. I didn't even know, you're allowed to say that? Oh, you mean like the normal thoughts that you have as a human being? You don't have to hide things? Yeah, even that. That's what we do. And we're going to be great at it. So, or that, that people could say that in church or be that honest, raw in themselves at New Abbey. So let's get practical and we're going to wrap this thing up. At New Abbey, we are a rowboat and not a cruise ship. We used to say that all the time in here. Here's what that means. A cruise ship is designed for you to be entertained and to sit back by the pool and let the captain take you for your destination. By the way... I went to those churches my whole life. I'm not even discrediting that. I'm saying if that, if that is what you want, like by all means, we're just not gonna be a good place for you. We're not good at fog machines. We're not good at putting on a show like that. We're not good at lasers. We also don't have the budget for it, but we're not gonna do it. What we are gonna be is a rowboat. And a rowboat is we're a community that is built on participation. Where we are going, we are going together. Your participation is crucial. Maybe you found yourself here at a time you were worn out by church. Any one of you come into New Abbey because you're worn out by church? Yeah, there's enough of us. And burnt out by religion. And if that's the case, we would encourage you to take a breather. The great thing about a rowboat is there's been a lot of people here. I'm going to get weepy. It is such a gift to know so many of your stories in your lives and the things that you've overcome and that you've worked through and the things that you have matured through. Many of you came into this place not knowing all of who you are or just not even imagining that your full self could be recognized in a faith community and you've come here and you've grown and you've healed and you've transformed and you've matured and you have built muscles and grit that is incredible. And because of that, if you're coming in, you're like, I don't have any of that, it's gonna be okay. Because I've done some work They've done some healing. They went to a lot of therapy. And they're going to just let you lay on the deck. We don't want you to do anything but just to heal. And they're going to look down and see you laying on the deck. And what they're going to know, because I know this, is, man, I've been there too. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to not to trust. I know what it's like to be that angry. I know what it's like to question those systems. But, man, I found some life here and some healing here and some beauty here. And when you're ready for it, man, we're going to give you an oar and you're going to shape where we're going. Because we need your story. We need your version of this. We need the light that's inside of you because there's someone else who's coming and they're going to need that as well. So wherever you find yourself, whether you're ready to pick up that oar or if you need a moment to relax, do it. But that's where we're going at New Abbey. So 
What does being a part of a robot look like? The paddles we use at New Abbey together are our time, energy, and money. Because we are a Jesus community, the Jesus part means we are learning to love God and love ourselves, and the community part means we are doing it together. When you pick up an oar and you use your time, energy, and money, you are committing to participate in this Jesus community while trusting that others are participating as well. Participation on the robot means that we are agreeing to mutually care for one another, and the mutuality is very important to us. I'm going to ask you to click backwards on your phone, and right below an intro to New Abbey, it says mutuality partner, and this is where we're going this year. We have been on this journey of trying to ask, what is the clarity that we can provide people that would allow you to understand who New Abbey is, who we are corporately, so that there are commitments that we can make to one another? Because the commitments that we make to one another is incredibly important. That we want to be a place of high expectations and high commitment in different ways. And to do that, we have to do that mutually. So if you are ready to commit to this Jesus community we call New Abbey, we would ask you to consider being a mutuality partner. What is mutuality? If we're going to sum it up in one catchphrase, we could say that mutuality means good for me and good for you. You are not coming to church, so it's just good for the church. You are here that this thing needs to work for you, and when your life is working for you, that will make the church work better as well. That is what we are interested in. We are interested in your healing. We are interested in your transformation, and we are interested in your maturity, and we will do that thing with one another. In order for it to be good for all parties, we think that you should have some clarity of our expectations. You're going to click on tell me more just because, you know, you're with me. I appreciate that. So here's the last thing. Here's what you should expect from New Abbey. By the way, I went to a, a conservative Christian college where we'd have DTRs all the time. Anyone know what DTRs are, right? Determine the relationship. That's what we would do because I was trying to get a ring by spring. Got it, by the way. And that's what happens at evangelical universities. I got married very, very young. I got married at 21, people. Does that blow your minds right now? I've been married for 17 years. Don't worry. We both look back at that and are like, we are crazy. Thank God this has worked out because there's a lot of it that should not have. The crazier part we think about is no adults in our life are like, that is crazy. <laughs> if my kid came to me at 21 and said, I'm getting married, I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> That's not a thing. Not with my blessing. Don't do it. Go live. Get away from like purity culture. You'll be fine. Like spend some time in Europe. Like stop it. Right? <laughs> God's okay. Just because you don't have yourself figured out needs to mean you need to drag them down with you too. <laughs> and that was me. My wife was doing just fine. I was doing all that I could just to like carry me. It's not healthy. Now we just got really personal and deep. Thanks for laughing at the first part. But really, <laughs> let's determine the relationship together. I didn't even mean to do that, but that was great. That was fun. I'm glad we did that together. So here's the determining the relationship. Care. Here's what you should expect from New Abbey. If you've zoned out, come back with me just for this part. Follow-up and support from pastors, staff, and leaders in the church. We want to know who you are and support your healing, transformation, and maturity. We want each person to be integrated and moving towards wholeness. If you don't experience that, we're not doing our job and we want to do better. If you don't feel known here, we want to do our job and we want to do better. Community, you are known and know others at New Abbey. Church is not a solo adventure and life is best done together. From Sunday gatherings to smaller groups to friendships, we hope New Abbey enriches your relationships. One of the things I am most proud about over looking at the last 10 years of New Abbey is even people who have left, I know they met their best friends at church. That is incredible to me. That you are leaving this place knowing that you have a network of people who are going to care for you. What a gift that that is. Some of you are sitting next to those people right now. You never thought that you could meet that person and they are here and that is so beautiful. 
And if you're like, man, I don't have that yet, man, we want to do everything we can to help support that and advocate for that and create that. Care, community, and finally connection. We want your faith and spiritual journey with God to evolve and expand. This is done through spiritual practice. The key word is practice, meaning you are finding a way to grow and deepen your spiritual connection and journey with God. If you're like, man, I don't know what I believe about anything, that's totally okay. We want to help you figure out a way that you can connect because we believe that you need God. And I mean that in the best sense of things. That uh, Irenaeus, this like bishop way back in the day in like the fourth century said this words, that a human being fully alive is the glory of God. And we want you to be fully alive. And you're going to be fully alive because the divine is connected with you. And who the divine is, who God, who Jesus, what faith means to you is just enriching your life in every way. It is helping you and not hurting you. It's making you better or not bitter, as we say. And that's the work that we want to do. So if you're going to get those things from New Abbey, this is a healthy relationship. And we're going to grow up. You're not getting married when you're 21. We're going to talk about some things. You should be getting some stuff. We, we should be getting some stuff as well, truly. High expectations, high commitment. That's what we want to be about. And if you're not ready for that, totally okay. But if you are ready for that, I am talking to you. I am looking for those people who want high expectation and high commitment because you believe that this place has healed you, transformed you, and matured you. You believe that you are finding God in this place and you are telling a bigger story of God. You are finding care and community and connection. And if you check any of those boxes, man, then we would want some things as well. Why? Because that's how mutuality works and that's how relationships work. I do not want to be the place where you can come in and leave whenever you want. I do not want to be the place that when you inevitably get hurt by somebody here, which you will, because we're a bunch of human beings that you can just walk off into the sunset and say some shit. No, we're going to be a place where we grow up together and where we learn to mutually have values and expectations because that's what real relationships look like. And how do I know that? Because I would want the same thing and I believe that you would want the same thing. New Abbey will always have enough respect to follow up with you and everything and we would ask the same because we're doing this thing together. We're grown-ups now, people. Let's do it. This is not a community built around you being entertained. This is a community built around relationships. So let's honor those relationships by doing the hard work with one another. Time. You intentionally offer your time to be involved, engaged, and support New Abbey. Utilizing your time to be present in the community transforms the community and allows you to be transformed as well. Some of that is so simple, by the way. These chairs, just so you know, did not magically appear this morning. This content that we're reading through did not magically appear. It was years and years and years and years of hard work to have a clarity of who we are. There are people right now, if you have kids, raise your hand. We are not taking care of them with duct tape, a gerbil cage, and a little bit of water. All right? There are human beings that are giving their time for your children. Some of them don't even have kids, and they're crazy enough to do that, right? It is, if you have kids, again, raise your hand. What, how? Listen. Yeah, you're not taking care of your kids. That's incredible. It's so quiet in your heart and mind right now. Why? Because they gave some time. So if they're mutually given some time, you better give some time as well because that's how relationships work. How do I know that? You would never date somebody who only wants something from you, right, and never gives something to you. So if you're not going to date that kind of person, then don't make it to this kind of church. Sound good? And they said, all right, we better let that be. Here we go. Energy. You are, uniquely, you are uniquely you. Oh, man, I love this one so much. New Abbey, man, I'm going to say like a blessing over you on this one. You are uniquely you from your gifts, your abilities, and your wounds. You're figuring it out. 
your vocational skills, your random talents. We want you to come fully alive and to share your energy and full self with others at New Abbey. That you have a smaller group for addicts is incredible, Jaime. That we can be our full selves, that our shadow sides can be seen here. That nothing has to be hidden is a gift. You do not have to perform here. You just get to be. And that happens when you give your full self to this place because other people need you. And how do I know that? Because other people have given themselves to you and you've needed that. Money. And the room went quiet. You have money and money is needed for New Abbey to be sustainable. Whether you tie 10% or want to start with a dollar, we believe if we're going to go somewhere, it will have to be together. This Jesus community and our desire to tell a bigger story of God is dependent on your financial support. Not a lot of exegesis needed on that one. It's just real. So here's the thing. How are you feeling? Let's connect a bit so we can get to know you. There's an option there. I'm going to give you all just a couple of minutes to fill this out in a second. All that we're asking for is like your name, your email, your birthday, because you know we love celebrating birthdays around here, right? And it's going to ask you some questions like, yeah, I want to do this thing. Or like, no, I'm not quite ready yet. Like, you know, you kind of offer the relationship to me and like we're going a little too fast. Let's just hold hands, not ready to marry. <laughs> totally understand. Truly, we're not pressuring you into anything. But here's what I would say. If you are ready, man, we're ready to do this thing. And we're going to do a really good job of following up with you. So we're going to survey you two times a year. If you agree to be a mutuality partner, that means we have a common denominator to work with. So once you fill this thing out, you're going to get a survey this week. It's going to ask you about your community and your care and your connection. We're going to find out what's your baseline and where you're at. And that way, six months from now, when we ask you, we're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on over here? This person has less community than when they started with. How can we be supportive of that? Oh, my gosh, we've seen there's been this big movement of connection at New Abbey. Man, we're really thriving in those areas. So now you are saying, I want to be the information giver of how things are going here. And I'm committing to that. And then I'm going to commit my time and my energy and money. And so I'm dead serious about this. This is our determining the relationship with you, New Abbey. I want to more than date you. So if you want to do that, we're going to mutually agree to some things. And if you're not ready for it, that's okay. But this is what we're going to offer you, and we want you to participate in the same way as well. So if you're ready to take this a little bit more seriously, we'd love to go on a few more dates um, and figure this thing out with one of the... That dating thing got really creepy. I'm sorry. Let's move on with that. <laughs> you get the point, though. Mutuality is what we're striving for. So... I'm going to give you just a couple minutes if you want to fill that out. Um, but this is, man, I'm so excited. Thank you for listening to all of that and all of that information. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making this place such a special place. Uh, we're going to get into some conversation time in a minute in which you can either fill that thing out or not fill that thing out. But again, if you fill that thing out, we are coming for you this week. I want you knowing that, right? We are so excited, and we are coming for you. And if you don't, totally okay. Keep laying on the boat however you need to, and just know we got you right now. Because I believe that there's going to be a day that if this place is special for you and it works for you, that you're going to join on board as well, right? And that, and that honestly, it's just the right time for that. And I'm dead serious about it. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's nothing weird about that. That's just real human talk right there that we're going to live with one another in these things. So take a minute. Fill that out. It will literally take you 10 seconds if you want to. There's even a button of no, I do not want to. We would love to know that information as well. Uh, if you would get into your groups, those same three or four people, would you answer this question? Where do you need clarity about New Abbey? Or what do you offer New Abbey? Enjoy. We'll come back together shortly.